The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Take a moment and just imagine that point in the day that we would call twilight. It's that moment that's either just before the sunrise or just following the sunset, where there's still the presence of light in the sky, but we don't really see the source of that light. Twilight is a beautiful example of not seeing God but having a moment of faith to know where the light comes from, to know where the source of that light is, and to also acknowledge that even though I can't see him, I know he's still present because of this effect. The reason for that imagery is because of what we hear about today with John the Baptist. John is our guy. He's that bridge prophet. He's the one who helps to unite the Old Testament into the New Testament. He's the final prophet before Jesus. And so his whole goal, his whole mission is to prepare a way for the Lord. So when we hear that passage that the Isaiah spoke about, he's speaking about that from uh, the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. A voice of one crying out in the desert. This is John saying, prepare Prepare yourselves. There is someone who is greater than me. Okay, I'm doing this stuff, yes. But there's someone who's going to do it with an even greater completion or, or a fullness or, or however you want to think of it. Because John is simply a prophet. He's not God. Jesus is God. And so 
this, this point about today with the, the baptism is, is not that John's is pointless, but John's is preparing us for repentance, whereas Jesus actually, his baptism gives us repentance. The other part about the light that's really key in this as we're preparing for the Lord, we're preparing for that is we know in John's gospel, the very beginning says the light has always existed. The light being Christ and has always shown and still shines in those who have been cleansed. And it, it shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome the light. There's nothing that can cover up or, or, or overcome Jesus's light except for us. We can cover up the light. We can smother the light. And that happens typically most often through sin. We're just choosing not the light. We're choosing something other than God. We also hear about this with John the Baptist, that he preached that sins against God's law could be purged by repentance. So God, or John is acknowledging the fact that the errors, the mistakes, the faults, all of that junk can actually be washed away. That you don't have to be stuck with it forever. Like, how good is that? When we think of heaven and hell, we think about, okay, if our goal as Christians is to seek relationship with God, to uh, obtain that relationship, to, to maintain that relationship, and then to be with him forever, forever gives us one of two places, heaven or hell. We talk about purgatory. Purgatory is important, but purgatory is, is a state just like the others are, but purgatory is going to lead us to heaven. So we're not going to worry about that one so much right now. Heaven would be if God is love and truth and light, heaven, best understood in all the analogies that we have, is accepting God, is loving God so that we can be with God. Therefore, using basic logic, hell would be the opposite. Hell would be the rejection of God. Hell would be the lack of love, would be the non-existence of light, would be darkness. So when we sin, whether we are thinking this or not, our sins, which are ultimately just choosing not God, is saying, I choose this thing. I choose money, wealth, power. I choose uh, lust. I choose deceit and lies. I choose um, my, own, my own personal desires ahead of God's. That's sin. And sin can, can look like a lot of things. And yet John reminds us that there's a way to be forgiven of all of that. Confession is probably, I mean, you can't really rank the sacraments, that's not fair, but confession is such a great sacrament. Because baptism, while we are adopted in the family of God, in Eucharist we literally receive the body of Christ, not a, a figment or an image or a symbol, it's the actual body of God. We consume him into us. And to receive communion, the whole point of that is to receive communion in a state of grace. So that when we come forward to present ourselves, we say, God, not only am I um, cleansed of my, my junk, but 
I have a place ready to receive you, ready for you to enter into and to multiply and transform me. Because that's what the Eucharist does. It transforms us. So if we're clouded with sin, if we're clouded with, with junk and crap, then actually receiving communion in a state not of grace, but a state of sin, is dangerous to our souls. It's dangerous to, and disrespectful to the Lord, um, because we're putting him in a place of, of great darkness. So to receive communion well, what do we have to do? Go to confession. Now, confession can be intimidating. Confession could be scary. Confession can be not something that we're used to. But it's also very simple. My first advent as a priest, we go to a lot of different penance services. We do a lot of confessions. I don't even, I think I figured out like the hours one time. It's like one advent I heard like 30 hours of confessions. It's a lot if you break it down. And I was at some church, I don't know, they put me in the stairwell for confessions, which was hilarious. It's like, all right, whatever. This person comes up, they sit down, they look at me, and they're like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, me too. <laughs> and they start to laugh a little bit. I'm like, it's okay, we're going to get through it. I'm like, all right, how long has it been since your last confession? Oh, Father, it's embarrassing to tell you. Well, just tell me. <laughs> we're already here. It's been 43 years. It's like, wow, that's awesome. Welcome back. They look at me like, Really? I'm like, yeah, I'm super pumped. The last time you went confession, I hadn't existed for 13 years. <laughs> like, how amazing is that? To think that in 1975, the last time that individual went to confession, God was already thinking of that moment in 2018. Was already planning for that individual's return. Was already making ready the path, the way for them to come back and encounter God, right? And that involved a lot of things. It involved my parents meeting, it involved them having me, it involved me discovering the church, it involved me saying yes to a vocation, it involved being assigned to that parish and getting asked to go help at that penance service. God had a lot of things involved in that. But that's the mystery is he's always planning for us in such unique and specific and beautiful ways that that individual who had had 43 years of just ugh, had it all forgiven in five minutes. Five minutes to, to get rid of 43 years of blah. Like, if someone's out there, it's been like, it's been a while. Guess what? It takes five minutes. Maybe, maybe seven. I don't know. Depends. It won't take a lot of time. That is God's love for us. That's his plan. That's, that's the, the beauty of all this. So when it comes down to all of this, we, we maybe have to ask a question. Is this important? Can I just go out into the street and like confess my sins to God in the sky? You can try. Sure. I hope you don't get by a car. Um, just don't do it in the street. But there's an importance about going and encountering God in the sacraments, that's, that's why the sacraments have such value to us, because they are tangible encounters with a living, caring, loving, merciful, albeit just, God. That we can actually hear 
through the priest who is in that moment in the person of Jesus say, I absolve you from your sins. You are forgiven. That's way better than just doing that in the parking lot. To be able to actually come forward and say, the body of Christ, and then to say, amen, I believe, I want to receive you. And then he actually enters into us and transforms us. Yeah, it's really important. And so if we make error, if we make mistake, if we choose not to follow that, we choose to live not in the light, guess what? We can prepare a way to return back to God. I have no idea what it took that person after 40 years of not going to confession to move them that night to go, but God was still working. God was still doing something, and they responded to that. I mean, that had to be intimidating. But I was so proud of them. And, and it's like that for everyone who comes, whether it's, it's once a week or, or once a month. Like, the point should be that there's a routine, yes. And, and the idea should be, as, when I go, I'm going with the, the intent and the desire and the purpose to, like, avoid that stuff in the future. But just like we go to the doctor, just like we go to the dentist, just like we go exercise, just like we do all these other things for our mental and, and physical health, we have to take care of our spiritual health. The Lord wants to give us the antidote. He's got the antidote. We're the ones that choose not to receive it. We're the ones that, that say, no, I don't need that right now. No, I'm too embarrassed. I'm too ashamed. I'm too whatever. Those are all just lies from the devil. They're his tactics to prevent our souls from being in union with God. So now, knowing that it is important, knowing like the, what's at stake, our soul, and eternity, how are we preparing? What are we doing to make right, the, the steps necessary to either avoid those occasions of sin or to get to confession, to encounter God, to prepare in this season of Advent for his birth, the light of Christ, to enter into the world and enter into us. Because that's the coolest part, is God's light permeates into us so that we can share it with others. I mean, if we just kept all this to ourselves, that'd be pretty boring. But in fact, God says, I want you. I want you, Sammy. I want you, Josie. I want you, Bobby. I want you, whoever, to go and be my light. Whoa! Thanks, Lord. That's intimidating, but I'll do it. Because it's his grace. It's him who does it all. He works through us. So I know with confession I harp on it a lot because it's really important. But I also understand sometimes people don't want to go to the parish priest for whatever reason. That's fine. I don't think I'm that scary, but that's okay. I shaved my beard. I look like a child again. Like, that should make you comfortable. Anyway... We have the normal confession times, Mondays before and after the Mass, Wednesdays before and after Mass, Fridays before, we have a longer time there, on the first Saturdays in the morning, on all of the Saturdays before the evening Mass, but also on a specific day in Advent, December 21st, which is a Wednesday night, we're going to have a night of confessions, we're going to bring in some other priests. So if you're like, oh good, I can finally go to someone else, you'll have the opportunity. Um, so that's going to go following Mass until the last person is done. Um, but prepare for that moment. Make a good examination of conscience. Like, really look at your life and say, okay, Lord, like, I'm ready for this transformation. I'm ready for this change. Because it is such a gift. There's so much freedom. And then allow that to be the, the springboard, the, the, the new path to say, okay, this is going to be my new routine. 
Um, this is going to be what I do and on top of all the other things to make sure that I stay in that good relationship with the Lord, that I stay in the light of Christ. Because my brothers and sisters, confession is a miracle. And we go in, we, we dump our junk, the priest forgives us, and it's, it's gone. It, it's that simple. It doesn't have to be a complicated thing. Just, just state it and move on. There's no need for the story. There's no need for the excuses or explanations. Like, God just wants to forgive. The priest just wants to forgive. He just wants, to, wants you to be loved. Um, and so the best series of confessions I've heard since the five months of being here were in the last three days. Friday, Saturday morning, and Saturday afternoon. I had a whole row of confessions the whole time. It was glorious. Because maybe you don't know this, but sitting in that box by yourself for 30 minutes is extremely boring. But to have a consistent row of people just like boom, 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 that's actually very rejuvenating. It's very life-giving. You're like, oh, that's a long line, Father. Yeah, I'm super happy. And that's how it was. Those last three days, I don't know what was going on, but it was great stuff, so keep it up. The Lord is always ready to forgive us. Maybe the question we have to ask, am I ready to be forgiven? And am I ready to forgive myself?